In a world where it seems like there is so much going wrong, I want you to see the people who spend their lives doing good. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast, where we discuss the stories of people who are changing the world in their own way. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert, and on the podcast today, I'm so excited to welcome Becky Hennessy. Becky was born and raised in West Valley City, Utah, where she currently resides with her husband of 18 years and their three children. Becky's been a therapist for 15 years and currently owns Bricks Family Counseling and Heart Workshops and Intensives. She has a podcast called Living Through that offers encouragement, hope, and insight to partners who have been betrayed. Becky has written an ebook called Ministering Through Connection. She's been a keynote speaker in various capacities and has had the opportunity to speak at many girls' camps, youth conferences, and other conferences. She often presents to Relief Society groups and youth groups, and her best days are spent with her family as they watch movies together, blow bubbles in their chocolate milk, and laugh until tears come. Becky has served briefly as a primary teacher and Relief Society teacher, but has spent most of her adult life serving with the youth in various capacities. She currently is the first counselor in her Ward's Relief Society and has a firm testimony of the atonement of Jesus Christ and desires to have all know who they are, whose they are, and why that matters. Becky, what a beautiful bio. Welcome to Doing Good. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm so excited to talk with you, and I love that your bio focuses on so many incredible things you have done within the church. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, which as it should be, bios talk about our accolades and our that we've done, but I love that you also include your family and you're serving in the church and being a Relief Society counselor and in the primary like that. That's really beautiful because that I think sometimes the tendency is to maybe shy away or not be so public about, I don't know, what we do or who we are in the church or I don't know why that is because that is a huge thing. Like if you were a pastor in a church or if you were like a gospel leader, you would say that. Like that's a big thing. And so to serve in like Relief Society presidencies and be a leader in your church and in your community is something to be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. And being a mom, right? Like it's being, that's that's my favorite and full-time job. The other stuff is just sidekicks, right? Yes. And it absolutely is a full-time job. Raising human yeah. beings in this world now, especially, is hard stuff. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. And so, which is why I love interviewing people like you and talking with people who are truly making a difference for better in the world. And so I would mm-hmm. love to talk to you about your therapy work. You've been a therapist for 15 years. Yeah. How did that come about? Did you always want to get into therapy? Have Were you in therapy and, and, and it benefited you and you wanted to carry that on and do that for others? How did you get involved in therapy? You know, that, that actually is pretty common, right? Like with a lot of folks who are not only in like the therapeutic profession, but in like a helper profession. Sure. For me, it's, it's a little bit different. I I'm a therapist because God told me to be. And so that's something that he brought to my attention really early on. Through inspiration. Yeah. So through my patriarchal blessing, it just is very apparent as to what my call is and that God absolutely needed me to be in a professional setting in this capacity. And so, of course, as a 14-year-old, that's not how I read it or (laughs) interpreted it. Right. And over time, like just studying that the same way that we study scripture, because that absolutely is our personal scripture, right? Like I just knew that that's where he wanted me. And so he called and I 
is that okay? That is amazing because I think, well, I know all of us are meant to do wonderful, incredible things in this world. And that's kind of the point of this podcast is it's not just interviewing people that have a name, you sure. know, that other people recognize. It's just yeah. regular, normal people, which I mean, when it comes down to it, we all are <laughs> yeah. doing good, it, doing yeah. good with, with the talents and gifts that we've been given. And so I think that's so wonderful that you recognize that. And it is interesting in your patriarchal blessing that things that I interpreted also as a 14 year old, sure. it talked about being influential in the lives of the youth of the church later in my life and what that would look like. And I always thought, I'll be young women's president. It'll be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I, yeah. I, I I'll be in the young women's. Yeah. Not ever. I mean, did I anticipate doing that through performing and through singing and, and being able to give firesides and speak to them that way. I mean, it, it looks totally different, but now I can see, oh, that was exactly yeah. what I was supposed to be doing. And that certain phrases and sentences can, can mean different things at different times in your life. Absolutely. And, or, or maybe they're kind of, you know, Latin, they're like, you know, just kind of dormant for a while until it's the right time. Mm -hmm. And then they stick out to you and you're like, oh, that's what I should be doing. Yeah, just like the scriptures, right? Like there's times I'll read the scriptures and I'm like, who put that there? That yeah. has never, that verse has never been there or that's never been worded that way. But it's just different times and seasons and we totally read it differently or feel it differently. The Spirit talks to us differently. And so, yeah. That is awesome. So when did you start the Bricks Family Counseling? So my my career started with working for DCFS, which here in Utah, that's the Division of Child and Family Services. And so I actually investigated child abuse and I did that for quite some time and then went to graduate school and then became a therapist in homes. So instead of taking kids out of homes, I was doing everything I could to keep them in them. And then after doing that for a while, you know, as as you take all your tests and as you get licensed, you have to have a certain amount of clinical hours before you can own your own private practice. And I always knew that a private practice is where I would want to be because I'm kind of like a hoodie joggers kind of gal. And unless I'm my own boss, I don't get to wear that to work. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so I, I just knew that, that a private practice is where God needed me. I needed to do the work the way he wanted me to and the way that he needed me to. And the only way that I could do that is if I'm my own boss. So as I was getting those clinical hours, I worked for what was then LDS Family Services. Now it's called Family Services. Did a lot of work there for about four and a half years and then worked for other agencies too. And then once I received my clinical hours, which took a little longer because sure. I'm a mom and yes. that's my full-time job. And so usually people get that within about two, two years that took me four and a half because it was not the main focus. It's because not because kids. Yes. And it's not the primary calling that God had for me. Right. Yes. So as I got that, that's when I opened Bricks and Bricks came to be, I think it was like one thirty or two o'clock in the morning, one morning. And sometimes the spirit wakes me up and gives me ideas. And I know that it's Bricks. There's no way I could come up with it on my own. And that's that's how the name Bricks came. So Bricks stands for building relationships as individuals, couples and kids. I, I was going to ask if it was an acronym. I yeah. love that. Building relationships as individuals, couples, couples and kids. Yeah. And and that's kind of where it started. So I started that in 2012 and have been plugging along ever since then and have absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. 
do you still go into people's homes or do people now come to you? Good question. People come to me. So I stopped going into people's homes once I stopped working for DCFS. And then I just worked like in an office at an agency and then they would come to me. And then as the pandemic situation happened, started to do things more online. I do at times visit with individuals out of the state of Utah. But that's more in either a coaching capacity or a consulting capacity because I can only practice therapy within the state that I'm licensed in and I'm licensed in only Utah. But with the pandemic, I did a lot of things online and was able to kind of open up that now too. So currently I see people in office and then I see people online through Bricks and then the other company that I run workshops and intensives that's that's structured a little bit different but for therapy I do it here in my office or online our heart workshops tell us about those are they for individuals couple same thing all the things a branch yeah all the things so so the heart workshops are again that's an acronym it stands for helping everyone achieve real transformation and the kind of therapy that I do in my office as a therapist is also what I offer in the heart workshops and intensives. Those are more personal development, personal wellness kind of things. And it's a very experiential process. So I specialize in trauma and have ever since the beginning of time. Just again, I think that that's the call that God has for me, right? And so over time, I've learned that talk therapy isn't always what will get that trauma out of there and help heal. We have to do a lot of different kinds of therapies to kind of move that around. Trauma is something that happens and stays in the body and not just in the mind. And so if all we're doing is talk therapy, then we're just hanging out in your thoughts and in your brain. And that's not where trauma likes to hide. Trauma likes to hide more in the body and things like that. So in BRICS and also in the heart workshops, I do a lot of experiential stuff. Experiential is anything that's not talk therapy. I mean, yoga could be considered experiential. I do not do yoga. (laughs) (laughs) I tried. I mean, beginning beginning yoga with Adrian on YouTube is amazing. That's the yoga I do. But anything like music, art, and you probably know as well, like how healing music. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So all those kinds of different things, there's different kinds of activities that you can do and exercises that you can do that's moving your body around and creating more versus just sitting up in your head. So that's more what those heart intensives and workshops look like. I do them with individuals, companies, groups. Sometimes there's like a group of people that's like, hey, there's eight of us. Will you come do this workshop? And they can be anywhere from one-day intensives to three-day intensives to five-and-a-half-day intensives. So the five-and-a-half-day intensives are more, those are more the workshops that I do with groups. One-day intensives and three days are more individuals, couples, or families. So that's amazing. And it makes sense because when you move your body or exercise and you release those feel good chemicals, oxytocin mm-hmm. and serotonin sure. and, and balance your dopamine levels and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's like clinical research to prove what exercise, eating right, getting outside and seeing the sunlight does nature yeah. for your body. So it would make sense that that would go hand in hand with your therapy work. And it's funny, yeah. it is called experimental. It's like, you know, imagine you like sitting under the moon with like, you know, <laughs> it sounds very hippy dippy, right? And what's so hilarious is I am not 
I mean, yay. Yeah. Like hippie. Yeah, that's great. But but that's not typically yes, what, what you do. Yeah. I'm a very analytical person. I'm a very logical person. But I found even for myself, the experiential therapy, like experiencing it, yes. is where my best work is done. And and this can be done in so many different ways. I call it play therapy for grown-ups. So for yes. a long time I just did I had a lot of kids that I would see and I did play therapy with them. But it, sure. it really is this way to like experience the healing through your body. And it's, yeah, it's very, I think when people initially hear it, they're just kind of like, woo, that's a thing that's happening. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then they experience it and they're like, oh my gosh, like where has this been my whole life? Right. Okay. And I should clarify, it's experiential. Experiential. I mean, it is experimental as well, right? I mean, because we call it a, pra- oh. a private practice. We're practicing. Right. right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but in practicing, doing... It's experiential. So you're experiencing the healing. You're, it's the difference between knowing, like yes. understanding and having wisdom. Okay. Right? That makes sense. Like, because you can learn something and understand it from like reading it in a book. Sure. Unless you experience it, you don't really have that deeper wisdom about what that's about. Sure. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, like the difference between empathy and sympathy, like empathy is going 100%. through something and sympathy is like, well, I feel bad that you went through that, but yeah. I really have no idea what that's like. Perfect comparison. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, Becky, tell us the difference between what you do as a therapist and what a life coach does. And would you oh, recommend both or like are they both beneficial or what sometimes I think when people hear therapy they're like yes like there's like they do immediately think of the trauma something being wrong having to be fixed but that's not what therapy is I mean sometimes yes sure but not always what it is so what's the difference and 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 what do you do and what's the difference kind of between that and life coaching yeah good question so the the primary difference, when people usually ask me that question, the primary difference is a therapist can diagnose, a life coach doesn't. And there are certain things that need to be handled under a therapy umbrella first versus a coaching umbrella. Okay. Things such as significant trauma, right? Or significant addiction or a diagnosable depression, or a diagnosable anxiety. That's primarily the difference. The other difference is therapists have to go through a particular process to become licensed. There are a lot of regulations in regards to a therapist, depending on what state they're in and those kinds of things. Life coaches don't necessarily have to. Now, what I've noticed is the life coaches that are really good and that are, are like, you know. Yes, credible. Yeah. Um, they actually go through an incredibly rigorous certification process. It is no joke. Yeah. And in my opinion, looking at it, I'm like, holy cannoli. They they have to go to the ends of the earth and back and then again to the ends of the earth and back. Yeah. In order to even <laughs> become certified. And so to me, I I don't necessarily see that like one is better than the other or okay. has more experience than the other. As long as the life coach that you're because therapists can't practice unless you have a license. Yeah. And hard, hard stop. That's just the way that it is. Life coaches, anyone can decide to do that. 
Yeah. And anyone can decide that that's a path that they want to take. But there are some life coaches that are certified that have gone through that process that that are credible. And that is golly. It's just as hard, if not maybe even a little bit harder, to be honest, than, yeah. than that whole licensing process. So what I typically think is, you know, either way, like a therapist is, can coach you and things like that. So if you hire a therapist and, and what you want is coaching, you can still get coaching. Yeah. Um, but a life coach is not going to diagnose you and they're not going to deal with typically, especially certified life coaches are going to say, Ooh, this is this is a sticky thing. This is actually something that a therapist needs to do, and I'll just be in tandem with that. We're awesome. A lot of life coaches side by side. Okay. Um, but that's primarily, I don't know. That's primarily the difference. That's no, that's a great answer. And yeah. and I know, I mean, Jody Moore is is a friend of mine and she's amazing. Sure. And I know she Absolutely. is one that has been through the end of the earth and back getting cert like, like five times. Yeah. Certified. Yeah. Yeah. I just listened to her book Better Than Happy and I loved it. But I was just wondering the difference if people are listening and they're like, would I be a good candidate for therapy and or or would one of my kids benefit from this? How would someone know, okay, I do have some sticky things that maybe were never oh, resolved really that I need to how do you know that? Yeah. So usually when folks ask me what I let them know is if you're noticing that whatever is going on is affecting your functioning in a pretty significant way, and what I mean by that is, is it affecting your day-to-day to where you're not really able to function in a way that you hope? And, and I'm not talking like, wow, I'd really like to function by giving my kids a, a wholesome, amazing meal, and I only made macaroni and cheese. I'm talking like, I, I can't get out of bed to make my kids macaroni and cheese that kind of affecting your functioning. So if it's affecting your day-to-day, your functioning, if it's affecting relationships to where you're noticing that it's really difficult to have any kind of like productive communication or productive right. stuff like that, but, but affecting it in a way, again, where it affects the functioning because you could say, man, I need some help with communication or I need some help with some parenting or I need some help with figuring out myself and taking care of myself better and things like that. And that's great for a coach to be able to do. When it's to a place of functioning being effective, work, school, relationships, day-to-day, that's where you might want to consider a therapist. And quite honestly, there's so much that can be done with a coach that that's that's okay to try that on yeah and then say oh you know what I actually think this is gonna be a little bit deeper and like I said if if that coach is certified they're going to say you know this is actually a therapy thing yeah here's where I can help you and here's where maybe a therapist could help you and I do the same thing if somebody comes into my office and we're talking and for them they're like this this is huge and I need to remedy this or whatever I I let them know here are your options like, yeah. this actually could be something that could fall under a coaching umbrella. So you may want to consider that. And I can be that coach or you can find somebody else. Awesome. Um, but as far as therapy, I don't know that this is like a diagnosable thing. Right? Yeah. And so okay. it's it's very back and forth. Like, what am I trying to say? It's reciprocal. Yeah. Right. Like coaches do that for us therapists and us therapists, hopefully. Yes. Do that, really you know, coaches. back with coaches. Yeah. And so and I have folks, quite honestly, that have both. 
Yeah. And that find that it's helpful in both. A therapy, depending on who you see, is, you know, one to two hours a week, maybe. Yeah. Unless you're doing an intensive or unless you're doing a workshop or something like that. Coaching can be, you know, like, let's check in three times a week. Or how about you watch this and read this and then we talk about it or, you know, whatever. It can be a lot more consistent and something that can happen more often in a week. Awesome. So, Becky, what age groups do you primarily, I know you work with a lot a lot with kids and that's kind of what you started with, like children sure. and children that have been through abuse and really sad things like that. What is the age group you primarily focus on now? Primarily now, I focus on adults. And the reason being is because I have three of my own, right? I have a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old, and an eight, almost nine-year-old. And so my schedule allows for me to work when they are in school. Yeah. And yep. so I see folks that I can see while my kids are in school. Well, so that usually school. is, yep, that usually is grownups or, you know, people above the age of 18. Yeah. Uh, and couples and things of that nature. That's primarily the age group I'm seeing now. But that's recent, like maybe within the last three years that I've okay. kind of done that. The older my kids have gotten, the more they've needed their mom, which is not what I planned on. In my yes. head, I mean, what did I know? Bless my heart. But yeah. In my head, I thought younger kids need the mom way more. Yeah. And then as they get older, they'll just kind of, you know, do their own thing, do their own thing and <laughs> their best lives. And I'm just noticing the older that they get, like they want mom more and it matters more. Well, right? and the problems get bigger, like little, bigger. little kids, little problems, bigger kids, yes. bigger problems. And Amen. yes, they're more independent. They can make themselves lunch and they can sure. go to bed by themselves. Sometimes even still, yeah. I'm my 13 year old. I'm like, turn off your light, you know, but honestly, it's like, oh my gosh, now I have to worry about pornography online and I have to worry about girls and I have to worry about, you know, drama with friends at school when before it's yeah. like dealing with the tantrum because they didn't get a toy I wanted at the yeah, grocery totally store. Different. Totally different. Yes, it is totally different. And so what would you say is one of the biggest or overarching themes you see in your therapy that people are dealing with right now? Right now? Well, I mean, we, we as a globe are dealing with trauma, like global trauma. It's interesting as as the pandemic was happening and starting initially, my clients who had, you know, trauma going on or anxiety going on or even feeling really isolated and having depression, they're like, this is a Tuesday for me. Like, this, right. this is not this is my life. Right. And it, it's interesting that as a globe, we have been able to all have a very deep view yeah, of what people navigate sometimes pretty consistently. And so globally, like, we're not okay. Yeah, we're not okay. And it's really tricky to try to navigate the more than the stress, the overwhelm, the yeah. flood of emotion that happens as we're all just trying to come up for air. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I'm noticing is is most common, what I'm talking about the most with people right now is getting them out of their heads and into their bodies, getting them out of logically trying to 
think about it, try to figure it out, and first putting them in their bodies. Yes, they do need to get back into that logical space because right. that's where we make our best decisions. But but a lot of people, because it felt so flooding to feel the feels, numbed it out, yeah. shut it off, yeah. avoided it. And now that dust is kind of starting to settle, it's just like, I almost picture it like falling off the shelves on top of them, you know? And people are like, I like, I have panic attacks this many times a day or, For sure. or whatever, because they're noticing all of that stuff in their bodies. Yeah. And so a lot of what I'm doing right now is really guiding people through feeling through things and getting to the other side of that so that they can make logical decisions and so that they have clarity and so that they can do what's absolutely best for them so they can set the boundaries so they can do those things but that feeling through first holy cannoli it is that's the work well that's and the work that I'm seeing it's it's interesting that that you say that like a collective global trauma and it is because not only have we experienced, I mean, global pandemic and and now wars and wars on our kids with, mm -hmm. you know, like I said, pornography and other things sure. politically. I mean, there's there's so much. And I'm one of those people so that much. I do. I, I try to think it through and solve it in my mind. And I'm like, I can't even I can't even process it. I'm like, mm -hmm. stuck. And yeah. so that makes sense that you're like, okay, we need to go back in our bodies for a minute and breathe and we're okay. It's okay. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. Because the tendency is to be like, I need to overthink. And then you can almost get like frozen sure, and, and, and can't do anything. And so that totally makes sense that that's kind of what, and it's looking back on, I mean, the really last hard, I mean, couple of years, it's funny that when, when you are in it, it's, it's like survival mode and you just get through it. And it's yeah. like after you're like, oh, that was hard. And that's yeah. kind of when it hits you uh -huh. later, not necessarily in the moment because you're like, your body goes into the fight or flight. Like, well, we just got to get through it and survive. Yeah, it's like this delayed, it's almost it kind of this delayed response. I've had yeah. folks come in and they're like, I don't know what my problem is. Like a year yeah. and a half ago, I didn't have a job and now I do. And now, but that's what happens is, yes. is when the dust starts to settle, the body's like, oh, look at that. You can pay attention to us now. Exactly. <laughs> and then we're going to freak out yep. and turn on all the warning signs. Yep. So, so we talked a little bit about sympathy and empathy. And I wanted to talk about another thing that you are doing right now. And it's your podcast called Living Through. And again, that's offering encouragement, hope, and insight to partners who've been betrayed. And this is probably a personal question, but is that yes. something that you know of from experience? Is that why yeah. you started it? Yep. So I actually started my podcast as the path of imperfection. That's what it was called initially. And it was just, here's what's in my brain and you can get it for free. You don't have to pay me to hear it. Like, you don't have to come to my office and just get, let me just give it to you. And they were really short. Like my podcasts are short because I... I mean, attention is not my strength. And so <laughs> they're about 15 minutes long because that's about how they can yeah, sit still and talk to myself. So initially that's what it was. And that was about, golly, I think I got into like 65 episodes deep in that space. And then the call changed. And, and I was not happy about that call. I fought back actually quite a bit about that. And the call from, from father was, father with a capital F, yes. right, was you actually need to zero in and, and talk 
to this. Get more specific about it. Yeah. And and your work needs to be more specific. And and that came from a very personal place, right? Of me navigating my own relational trauma or my own betrayal trauma. And I, I mean, bless my heart. I think I've said that like 9 million times. Eat a peanut butter M&M every time you hear Becky say bless her heart. Ooh, that's um, good. Right? So, so I didn't know what I didn't know. Like as a right. therapist who had read, okay, this is what you do. And, and I started to, to navigate people through relational trauma or betrayal trauma well before I was aware that it was in my own story. Yeah. Like, I did that just because I did trauma. And yeah, part of your job. part of trauma sometimes, right? Yeah. And so, so to get to a space in 2019 where I found out that that absolutely was a big part of my own story and then to have to like talk about it as a therapist who specializes in it, it I was not, I mean, I mean, vulnerability is great like, yeah. for other people. But right. when, when I had to actually speak to some of that from a very personal space, completely different. And I realized, here's all the stuff I didn't know. This is what I thought I knew. And I had no idea. Like when people would tell me, it feels like everything has changed. Like nothing is normal and da, 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 da. I would be like, okay. Yeah. Um, or when, when people say, I'm just trying to live one day at a time, I'd be like, one day at a time? Yeah. I can't do one week at a time? Yeah. One month at a time. Right. Until I'm going through it. And it's like, okay, our goal today is to shower. Yeah. Our goal today is to eat three meals a day. Yes. Our goal, like, and, and as I'm going through that, I'm recognizing, oh, this is what's going on with people. And so that's how come living through came to be. And it's living through all the things, right? Like it's because that's what we get to do. We don't get to go under it or over it, you know, that like we're going on a bear hunt. Yes. You just have to go through it. And so, and there's so many things you have to live through, especially in relational trauma, betrayal trauma. Yeah. So, is, yes. Is it possible for women or men, most, mostly women are, I feel like, listen to this podcast and, and, and I feel like women are, it's, and it's not say that men aren't betrayed as well, but it's yeah. the majority is, you know, men betraying their wives versus, sure. you know, women betraying their husbands or, and, and I'm not sure how it is for, you know, same sex couples. I'm, I'm sure that happens with, with them too. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. But would, is it possible to get to a point where you can get through it. I mean, I, I, and, and I'm not saying, what are you going to say? No, there's no hope. Sure but isn't. I, it, it's, I, I know like very dear friends that are going through this right now and, yeah. and going through the grieving process and yeah. watching them through all the steps. And, and some have turned toward the Savior. Some have turned away. I don't judge yeah. either. For We're all doing the very best we can, right? Literally surviving and doing the best 100%. we can. Yep. But how, like, uh, how is it possible to get through and, and to, like, trust your, if your spouse is, like, very remorseful and wants to stay and you're, like, I just feel like sometimes that's really hard on a woman to say, but now it's on me. Like you did that. You betrayed me. You betrayed our trust and our family. And now I have to decide whether I keep the family together or divorce you. And then it puts that on that woman who's like, I never wanted this and asked for it. And now if we do get a divorce, it's like, well, she divorced him and with every right to do so or 
staying with them and and having to live through that and betrayal every day that's hard i feel like that putting that on your spouse of okay well i want to stay and now you have to decide is like how do you even do that how do you live through that how do you overcome is it possible yeah 100% it's possible and that's because i believe in an atonement covers all the things and i believe sure. in the jesus that is good and a god that is good right it absolutely is possible i think that there's a couple of things to consider one is is the the ultimate decision is what is best for me right like like what setting aside the husband setting aside or the wife setting aside the kids setting aside the like what am i capable of with christ right and if he's not on the scene i'm just going to be real it's trickier yeah um, but it's it's possible it's just trickier and take yeah. longer but it's it's looking at that as that space and and what needs to happen in order for me to show up as my best self and what needs to happen in order for me to recover when i talk about recovery in that space it's i need to recover my identity i need to recover trust in god trust in myself yeah, yeah. i need to recover who i am it's not recovery because I also have some kind of something going on. It's there are all these things that were that I need to recover and maybe they weren't ever and I still need to to recover that stuff. Yeah. And I know I'll speak just from my own experience and myself. My hope was I'm going to get through this and on the other side, I'm not going to have to navigate this anymore. Like getting through it is it's not going to feel crappy anymore. Right. And right. And what I've come to find is that the through is continual. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the person's going to continue to betray you or whatever. But as you are recovering your identity as a child of God, as a child of the covenant, and as a disciple of Jesus Christ, that's that's who we all are, right? Like yeah. we're as we're recovering that identity that doesn't ever stop yeah for sure so through is is a commitment through yeah. now does the grief decrease or dissipate yes does the triggers do the triggers dissipate and decrease absolutely does the fight fight or freeze that pops up in your body decrease absolutely but what what we're aiming for is what's called post-traumatic growth and so we're not aiming for am I going to get through this and be done with it it's am I going to grow through this and that growth continues and then you have a hunger for it yeah and it's it's like oh, okay we navigated that now here's the next thing that I need to grow through and here's the next thing that I need to grow through so possible 100% truth is, and this is coming not only from a therapeutic space or a coaching space, because I've done both with people that have been in betrayed spaces, but also as a disciple of Jesus Christ, it goes a lot better if you recognize that he's walking that path with you. 
even if you don't recognize that he's walking that path with you, he is because that's who Jesus is and that's just what Jesus does. But if you're able to turn your head and see that he's next to you, the ability to get through that and grow through that is going to be significantly better because he has navigated that in your very shoes. It's like the perfect, purest empathy a person could ever receive is through him. He's, he's already navigated that and he triumphed, meaning he came out on the other side and was done when it was finished. Like he did that. Who better to show us how to do it then? Exactly how we need to do it. And he's, he's really the only one that can walk you through it. It is such an individual process. It's yeah. like a fingerprint. And exactly what you need in your healing and in your own recovery of self and recovery of trust and stuff, it's, it's very unique. But he's going to be able to say, hey, this is the person you should connect to. This is the podcast you should listen to. Give, give this article a look. Hey, let me hold you here. Let me take that or let me sit next to you. And that like, that's going to be the guide that's going to tell you best, better than any therapist, better than any coach, better than any thing that you read online, whatever. But that doesn't mean he won't connect you to those people. It's just turning to him first, which, I mean, it's the first great commandment, right? Like, pick God first. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's such a beautiful testimony, Becky. And just, I know there's a lot of people out there who are hurting and, and who have had traumatic things happen to them. They've lost a child or a spouse in, in either death or divorce or, you know, have maybe wandered away from the path or from what they've known the path to be their whole lives and are yeah, and finding a new path and that new right. path even though amazing is scary yeah exactly yeah. lots of different things that people are dealing with and going through and I just think it's so wonderful that there are people like you out there mm. that are also willing to be just you know fishers of men and and yeah. help rescue people that are going through that and and help be the savior's hands in this life because mm -hmm. really that's what it's all about is helping each other home and being there for each other. And I think it's so beautiful that you were willing to recognize that from an early age and take that on mm -hmm. and listen to that trauma and sit in those dark spaces with people to ultimately help them and bring them to the light. I think that my dad's a psychiatrist and mm -hmm. I think anyone that works in spot in heaven for psychiatrists. I feel sure. yes. Well, and, and for next level, it I know it is, yeah. and and he's with you know the people that are in the hospital yeah. that have been through. I mean, I just can't even imagine some some people's lives. It just makes me weep. It just makes me yeah. cry. And yeah. but he's the most upbeat, happy, easygoing, like the most amazing person. And I really yeah. think it takes someone set apart. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father's like that. You have a heart for this. Wow. This is for you, and so mm -hmm. I feel. I think Heavenly Father gave you that same special heart to be able to soak it in without letting it seep into your soul too. Yeah. It and to bring you down, and maybe it does a little. I'm sure it affects you. I'm sure. Oh yeah, I have a therapist. He's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. But, but to be able, it also probably gives you that much more empathy and love yeah. for people when you kind of take that on too because it would it would be hard to be a complete shell and just I'm going to clinically give you things to do and then completely separate myself I think you have to sit there with people yeah. 
to yeah. be able. And then you go to your therapist say, now help me yeah. <laughs> get out on a path. He has one that he's sitting with. <laughs> and then he has one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we all need therapists for each other. And I <laughs> honestly, I, I have, I've been to therapists. My children have, yeah. I, I totally support life coaching. It's amazing because my dad's a psychiatrist. I've talked to him. Like it just to be able to have someone, even just if people are like, well, I don't know, a good when we talk to someone when we have a good friend and we go on a walk and we vent to someone that's therapy too Amen. that's therapy and we yeah. all need to be able to just speak our lives and speak what we're going through and put it out there and have people rally around us to help us because i do not think we're supposed to get through this life alone we need each other amen one of my favorite mentors her name's joe says connection is baked into our bones it like, is it's baked into our bones we just need to yeah. have it and if if God wanted us to wander alone, if that was part of the plan, things would have rolled out very differently. Like totally, totally from the very beginning with Adam and Eve. He's like, ah, oh, let's not navigate. You need so. someone. Yep. Yeah. You need each other. Yeah. Becky, I've loved talking with you today. You. Tell everyone again, if they're like, I'm really interested in doing this for myself or for my children, where they can go for, for your therapy work that you do, if you have any workshops coming up and where they can listen to that podcast, Living Through. Sure. So the best way to find me, because I am not on social media anywhere, is just for my website. It's just beckyhennessy.com and that's Becky, B-E-C-K-I-E. And then Hennessy is H-E-N-N-E-S-S-Y. Dot com, BeckyHennessy.com and all things of mine are there. So okay. you'd be able to connect to intensives if you want to do an intensive, workshops that are coming up, that kind of stuff. Also, you would have like my office manager's contact information's on there if, if something wanted to be scheduled again. I practice here in the state of Utah therapy, but can do coaching outside of the state of Utah. I don't typically do coaching with children. That's just tricky outside of the state of Utah because yeah. there's people who do and they specialize in that and that's great. And I just connect them to those folks. But that's where you'll find me. You can find my podcast living through on anywhere that does podcasts. I don't even know how it gets there. I just plug it in and it's all the same. Isn't that amazing? I know. Same with this. I'm like, who even listens? Who even, you know, where? I don't know. I'm sure my mom does. Every now and then my mom will be like, I heard you. I know. I'm pretty sure my mom does too. So bless moms for their unwavering support of us. Amen. Isn't that so amazing? Well, Becky, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast and for all the good you are doing. Thank you.